exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of With Love and Justice for All. I am Reverend Ogan here with my partner in crime and consciousness, uh, the one and only Reverend Kelly Isola. We are coming to you. Uh, this is uh, February the 15th. Um, what do we call it? National 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 Single... Singles Awareness Day. Awareness really Day. It really was yesterday. I mean, I've been calling Valentine's Day that for a long time. And now actually it's become a thing and even got its own day. It's even got its own day. There there you go. But that's not what our show is about. But I just thought I'll throw that out there. Uh, But our show is about uh, embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, and having conversations around these challenges that uh, arise for us spiritual seekers. Uh, Especially if you want to join in on the conversation, as always, please listen live uh tuesdays today is tuesday tuesdays yeah. uh three o'clock p.m eastern time you can call listen live and call in uh 816-251-3555 and you're listening live on unityonlineradio.org or starting today you can watch and listen live on our facebook page the project sanctus facebook page and you can drop any feedback or questions um in the comments on facebook uh, kelly and i are the co-founders of project sanctus a safe brave online space to discover our holiest selves and in so doing creating a world of love justice and equanimity for all that's who we are not just discover but also live Live, get our holy dis- on discover and live you know i run under the assumption and if you discover it you're gonna live it but you're you know no. that's that's not a that's not a fair assumption just because you know something doesn't mean you do it exactly e- exactly so uh so that's who we are that's what we do just in case you're listening to this for the first time if you are an ongoing listener we thank you for uh your time um we know it is a privilege to uh, to to consume anyone's time in this world where there's so much going on. So we appreciate you being on this journey with us. Discover more at projectsanctus.com. And as always, if there's any questions, comments, uh, email us uh, either at Ogun or Kelly at projectsanctus.com um, and stuff we'll bring to the show. So that's the opening. That's the intro. Today uh, is February. It's Black History Month. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is Black history is really American history. And not only that, it's still being written. Uh, yeah. It's not done. We kind of we kind of think of history as this like way back thing. Um, history is it it happened. So technically right. five minutes ago was history. Technically right. five seconds ago was history. Um, that really rough, shaky opening just now is now in the history books. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. Um, again, if you're listening for the first time, please go back listen to our last few episodes. We we talked about why it's important for Black history to exist. Uh, we also talked about court, sort of kind of why it shouldn't, and also yeah, the, there are some the, problems with it. Yeah, and the and the the potential for performing the performative aspects performative. exactly of uh of black history month so yeah so today is 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 shedding some light um that black history is still being written and and today one of the things i want to highlight are are some current black um important maybe activists um and trailblazers that you may or may not have heard of and and in a nod to intersectionality and also, um, you know, my own inherent unconscious sexism as a heterosexual male. All these people I'm going to talk about today are Black women. So we're going to get to them eventually. But for right now, uh, let me check in with you, Kelly. How are you doing? How are you today? How's, how's February Black History Month been going for you? What's it been bringing up for you? Let's do a quick check in and then we jump in. You know, it's interesting that um, it's February 15th and I'm like, holy carp, half of the month is gone, right? I I, like, where did it go? And that means half of Black History Month is also passed by. It's uh, half of Black History Month is now history. 
and uh and and what actually how it's going for me is I have not posted a lot of things mm-hmm. you know I I I will share some things of other people's because I just I, I really when we first the first week of um of February episode 16 we called it the problem with black history month is we talked about how performative it can be and that it's this you know 30 days not even 28 days um out of the whole year and and our desire to well let's move beyond like what do we do to make because every day is black history month so i've really been taking that to heart and and looking at what what am i doing and so there i've actually had very little posting although i did post something yesterday (laughs) on valentine's day that um may or may not be enjoyed by some um it was you're muted um i'm gonna i'm gonna hazard a guess that it's not <laughs> just, just gonna put that out there but yeah. but i loved it i enjoyed it and 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 i reposted it because yes. i think it was very very poignant it's a very poignant both observation and question and um and an uncomfortable one right but that's 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 what we do not just you and i that's what we all do in order to affect change we 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 gotta we gotta get into the to the discomfort well, that's so that's what I, you know, my way of of one way of engaging in, in Black mm-hmm. History Month is just continuing my own education, continuing, you know, witnessing my own whiteness, um, you know, an occasional post that that really, okay, I really want to say this and, you know, decenter whiteness, like witness my own whiteness, decenter it and, um, you know, call something out in up you know, around accountability um uh for myself and other white body folks and um yeah so it's just been a it's been a very reflective two weeks which uh is good and in terms of of course I have days where I'm like oh my god I don't want to self-reflect anymore (laughs) and it it can get tired (laughs) yes and what I what I'm actually what's really good about it, it it is is just what's emerging for me, yeah. Um, you know, individually that that I can then bring forward and my own practices and and just you know, just I, I love to learn, and so I'm more of the oh, I didn't even know what I didn't know. So there you go, and and and, and I think that's the not only i didn't know what i didn't know but am i gonna allow what i just learned to inform me moving forward and i think a lot of people sort of struggle with that yeah right especially when they hear something that um that challenges a previously held assumption right (laughs) um and now it's like oh am i am i willing to change um around this so, well, you know uh, what's interesting about that is that I I had every once in a while, every once in a while I have this thought that, and I don't I'm not old, but you know I've certainly I'm over fifty, so once in a while I have a thought of well maybe my work is done here in some capacity, and it's now you know millennials or whoever that's coming behind me that you know could be my children, and now I guess I'm at an age where a couple well, I don't know quite grandma but um i mean younger younger can be certainly age sure. old enough to be a grandmother and i think okay the the ones with like younger the energy and this and that and and then i see something like the halftime right. show on sunday and i'm like okay dr dre is older than me uh yeah. you know snoop dogg is just a couple of years younger like um mary uh mary, mary j blige is 51 i think or something so I, I just, and, and she's, and I really loved, and this is the, you know, kind of the intersectionality a little bit, like in terms of like the sexism piece that Mm -hmm. she's a real woman. And what I mean by that is she's not, she's got, um, she's got a body and she's got curves and she's showing it and had these very, you know, the, the shorts on that were, you know, right up that, that sort of looked like in the old days, you know, grandma brief underwear, like that kind of shape, (laughs) but she, but I love that she was just, and her dancers too, were just like real bodies that most of us, including me as a white woman, 
you know, I'm not, I've never been a stick figure. I never will be a stick figure. And yet um, it's, it's our white body culture says you're supposed to be. And what I, and I texted, I think to you and a couple other people that, and her thighs touched. (laughs) No, no, no thigh gap. No, thank you. I'm getting in trouble for saying that. Um, But, but, but it's interesting because because you you speak about um you know uh white culture saying you uh the the standard of beauty is is being stick figure not in all cases um mm-hmm. you know there's that term blackfishing which is um folks who are not black uh assuming and taking and appropriating actual physical characteristics of black folk yes. to you know enhance their give them street cred uh, sort of deal, you know. Right. So we, so we, so we do have um, white folks. Um, uh, let's look at Kim Kardashian, for example, um, uh. who, who doing their best to emulate the black woman's body. Um, right. You know, we have we have for, for decades bumping collagen into lips, and yeah, uh, you know, not to mention tanning and doing, you know, putting in stuff with the hair. So it's it's. But when it's, I was growing up, when I was being raised, that wasn't mm-hmm. quite on the radar screen yet. Right. It was not. It is now. Yes, it um, is. Um, so so it's 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 this weird it's this weird paradox about, yeah. you know, here's the quote unquote white standard of beauty. Um, right. But then we're going to still try to make ourselves be more popular by by stealing some black characteristics. And, and let's also add in the note. It goes without saying that this is pretty much only directed at women. Right. I don't I don't think there's a white male standard of beauty versus a black male standard of beauty. There's not that pressure for men in general around around beauty standards. Although when they do make the biopic of my life, they have to cast Tay Diggs because that is a beautiful black man that, <laughs> yeah. that that they better just like reach out to. Right. So all, all, all I'm saying. So I'm saying. Uh so part of the <laughs> Part of the part of the, the the idea of of Black history still being written is part of it is also it's still being discovered and and so that's so that's the other aspect of it's being written. Being written is not just we have contemporary people who are still alive because Black History Month really tends to focus on on people who are you know gone who are yeah who aren't alive away, anymore who yeah. aren't alive who were whitewashed. Um, Black History Month um, for a lot of folks tends to focus on on the on the pain rather than the joy um, as as well but part of part of the story is around like there's still so much we don't know right Um, and 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 it's continually being discovered Um, I'll give you two quick examples the New York Times had a great article uh, last month um, entitled "We Still Can't See American Slavery for What It Was," and and part of this article was was highlighting the fact that there's still a lot of research trying to really get a handle on exactly how many black bodies were stolen from uh, from the African mainland, um, most you know, notably Central Africa. Uh, uh, sorry, Central West Africa as part of the slave triangle trade. Um, and part of it was there wasn't a whole lot of documentation right. in terms of like names, who they were. They were just bodies. So so how they're going about trying to really um, um, get, a, get, a, get a number is they're looking at ship manifests from that yeah. time because a lot of ship manifests were, you know, it, it was it was cargo, human cargo. They were considered cargo um and and so they're they're trying to do they're trying to compile this um there's a there's a website you can you can check out um uh where did i where did i just i had it in my notes and i just uh, uh slave voyages um is is where you can go um it's um introduces a website about in um in 2008 um and then <clears throat> 2019 they 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 redid it and there's this great graphic where uh, they show uh, ships leaving Central Africa, uh, West Africa, and coming over to the Caribbean, uh, South America, North America, 
um, as as dots of dots. So this little dot floats across the ocean, and it shows, and you can see uh, when the slave trade started how few dots there were. But then over time, right, like it's just this plethora of ships coming across. Um, many of uh, the vast majority deposited in in South America and the Caribbean, you know, first and. A uh, few went yes, as US, early as like fifteen fourteen. It was it's 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 a crazy visual to watch yeah. this. And what's thing the what is it? What's the URL or what's the the organization? It's called Slave Voyages. SlaveVoyages.org Okay, okay. Uh, is is the website. So they're 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 creating this database um, to try and try and show um, where where how many and perhaps and some people are are as they and as they look into ship manifests where they've landed and who bought the enslaved people and then who named them and so on, a lot of people are now beginning yeah. to use this data to trace their their ancestry when they uh they, they couldn't uh before yep. um so it's 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 sort of unreal um and and I knew there were millions of people. There were 12 and a half million people. That's, and that's just the estimate that um, were captured and shipped from West African coast. And of that number, 10 million survived, 10.7 million survived. So roughly about 2 million of the people captured in West Africa didn't make it over. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so we're still, researchers are still working to uncover this piece of history. Um, that's my first example. Another example of of um, this is I'm currently watching um, uh, Wild on the Hog. High no, on the High hog. on the Hog. Sorry, High on the Hog on Netflix. Yes, <laughs> High on the Hog. Now I got to be honest; it's been out since last. Was it last year or 2020? I think this came out 2021. Yeah, I remember. It's been out a little bit. Been out a little bit, and I put off watching it. Put it on my list, but I put off watching it because I thought it was just gonna be a food show. That's why I watched it when it came out because I love <laughs> these cooking food shows. Like I don't care what culture and ethnicity. Right. I just and then so, discovered, wow, yeah. So the so the whole premise of the show on Netflix, if you haven't seen it yet, is about how how black folk really have influence in a massive way the American palate. Right. And and I I thought mostly this was going to be a show about like recipes and stuff like that. Um, But but it's really it's really a story of of the history of black America seen through the lens of of food, what we know, what we don't know again. Uh, But it also it's also sorry, really. you know, like last week we were talking about, you know, that um, black is not a monolith. Right. And this is one of multiple ways, you know, kind of avenues into to really, you know, you don't know what you don't know, expanding your perspective um, because we all can have a tendency with lots of different groups of people to think that if this person thinks this way, then everybody like that thinks that way. So it's funny you mentioned that. And I'm going to I'm going to agree yes we're not a monolith and at the same time the 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 there are so many common threads right so i'm watching this show and i'm from barbados uh i'm black uh in case someone listening didn't know um so i'm descended from um enslaved african people as well and as i'm watching this show and and i'll just say very emotional like i cried at the end of the first two episodes um of, of the show but the foods that they are talking about that are staples of the American diet, not just American black diet, right? staples in Barbados and parts of the Caribbean as well. I mean, down to, I'll use an example, mac and cheese, right? Yeah. Macaroni and cheese um, was popularized in the U.S., come to find out, by James Hemmons. If that name is... F- sounding familiar he was the brother of sally hammonds and they were enslaved by thomas jefferson and when thomas jefferson was appointed as the ambassador to france he took him with him and he made james who was like a teenager at the time uh he he let him be trained by the french chefs and when brought back 
cook these elaborate uh, feasts uh, in Monticello, um, you know, down in down in Virginia. Anyways, so 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 there's a there's a there's a scene where the host is at Monticello. He's working with he's talking to a historian. They're in the kitchen, and the meal that they're going to prepare is and talk about is mac and cheese, and uh, you know. And and the woman said, or as they would have called it in that time, macaroni pie. And I just lost it because that's what we call it in Barbados. <laughs> right. We don't call it. We don't call it baked mac and cheese in Barbados. We call it macaroni pie. And yes. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I was having a freak out moment um, when I when I watched this. And, and I'm and I'm like just having this swell of like like emotion coming up. I'm like, this is this is my story, too. Uh, yeah. as as well and 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 just incredulous that this was popularized in the in the kitchen of thomas jefferson by his black enslaved chef who you know and we and we know the story of thomas jefferson uh you know having children with with sally hemmons and the dispute around the descendants and how that all played out um but it was it was just the whole thing right so yeah so- and so i was i was just um uh that so when I talk about the monolith thing is there is you know when you say like the macaroni and cheese that yeah here's this thread that runs through everything and yet from it there's different expressions of macaroni and cheese yes different that's what I mean by kind of it's not a monolith that um but yes I that's the other reason I love that show is it is it, it is American history yes um, with yes, a, a staple food everywhere in the country. Yeah. 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 To the point now it's become this like. It's not a Midwestern creation. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and, and, and you can find it uh, powdered in a box. <laughs> right. Yeah. And sold on shelves. Um, well, it's how you get through stable. college, right? It's how you get, yeah. Between, between ramen. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's, Let's take that from Asian folk, right? And the mac and cheese, right? <laughs> take that from the black folk. But it's uh, it's it's been, yeah, it's been it's been a whole thing. And um, so so when and and one of the one of the um, other things that they talk about is um, uh, they talk about uh, forget the name. Should have made notes. Uh, the the uh, the chef of George Washington mm. um, when he when he was in Philly. Um, and, and he was sort of like the first celebrity chef in, in, uh, cause people would come and all these elaborate meals were created. And, uh, also, and there's no surviving picture of this individual. Um, and, um, there also was no record of his actual recipes, but they suspect because Martha Washington, George Washington's wife put out a lot of recipes of stuff that she served quote unquote served at her dinner table they were like yeah these are probably his (laughs) right uh so 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 this is what i mean by black history still being written it's still being uncovered and discovered um and because because of the just lack of of attributing credit to where credit was due because we will we will use your gifts and talents um exploit steel um but we still consider you a little less than human so we won't give you the credit that credits do you are your descendants so so that's that's an aspect of it yeah and that's why um you know the like the the slave voyages that project Mm -hmm. and and other ones like there's last week i was reading um uh i was reading a story about um uh underwater um it's the the um oh what the heck is the name of the group um now i've lost it that are oh diving with diving with a purpose okay and they um and what they're doing is they're diving they're doing underwater archaeology to uncover the stories of the ships the slave shipwrecks and um um and they've been working at it actually since like 2003 but in reading about the organization and, and what they've discovered, um, you know, there's very few uh, ships that, you know, that they've actually been able to find um, and that and uncover. But uh, I, you know, this came across in an email and I'm like, 
well, of course there's an organization doing this. I didn't even, you know, kind of thing. But, um, but, but um, it's, and yeah, it's uncovering, you know, history, like what has been. And yet it, by doing that, it connects to, to, you know, those today, to those that are actually, you know, doing the diving because it's a, it's, they call it a slave wrecks project. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hosted by the Smithsonian and, and it's not, and it's this, you know, the divers, people that are, because you can go and you can get certified and, and, you know, help out. They have several hundred people and it's, you know, old, young, black, white, Latina, uh, scuba scuba diving is on my bucket list i might i might have to check that out i know i was thinking the same thing my one of my degrees is undergraduate is archaeology and anthropology so i'm like eh, and i'm, a, I'm i love I'm, snorkeling I'm, I'm sensing a project sanctus field trip <laughs> works for me <laughs> works for you all right, we will we will figure that out over the break. No, yes, no, we, we will not not over the break. That's not <laughs> enough time. But we are going to take a break right now. Uh, you are listening to with love and justice for all on Unity Online Radio, and we will be right back. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right. Welcome back to With Love and Justice for All uh, with Reverend Kelly, Reverend Ogan. And just a quick reminder, um, learn more about what we do at ProjectSanctus.com. And uh, we are thanking you for listening to our podcast. You can listen live Tuesdays, 3 p.m. at unionlineradio.org or on our Facebook page. We're uh, from today live streaming the video recording. Um, so if you want to, you know, sit there for an hour and watch two pretty people talk into a microphone, that's 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 what we're doing. It's that's well worth doing. investing your time. We are. I, you know, come on. Anyways, um, so so you can join in the conversation. And as always, listen to the recording on your own time later on all the usual podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Um, today, we're talking about um, Black, a.k.a. American history uh, still being written. Um, so so let's jump back in with just a couple more names of some folks who um, we it took forever to, again, discover their contributions to um american innovation and and history and then we're gonna hit up some uh some folks who are still alive today that we think you should know about so um uh, i want to start off with um a gentleman by the name of lewis latimer mm. and he was uh he he was working with thomas edison but then also on his own later and while thomas edison is is widely accredited with inventing the light bulb um it's important to know that that there were there were various attempts at the light bulb that existed before edison right um and and he he would for lack of a better term sort of um i wouldn't say perfected but but was accredited with creating one that was a lot better um stronger was able to last longer was was you could reproduce it it would last for more than five minutes um and and what the old-fashioned light bulbs, if you remember those, um, they had this carbon filament um, that was being used, and they would burn out quickly. Well, Louis Latimer, he was a black man, and he produced a carbon filament that was much more durable and much more longer lasting. And it was because of this that the incandescent light bulb was suddenly more affordable to a lot more people because they would they would last longer. Um, but we don't hear about him a lot. Another person um, we don't hear about. Um, oh, well, you had one. I'm, I'm going to let you let you. Well, the um, so when we learn about, um, you know, in our um, in school and we learn about history and, you know, expeditions and exploring the world, like when you're in social studies, learning geography and such, um, 
that what we hear about is Robert Peary, you know, arriving at the North Pole and, um, you know, he discovered the North Pole. What we don't hear is that he had a partner <laughs> that his name was Matthew Henson and he was a black gentleman. And he did these multiple expo- uh, explorations, you know, I think it was like seven expeditions to the North Pole and Peary didn't mm-hmm. do it alone, but it wasn't, um, uh, I-, I think it was, it was decades before it was sort of came out in the public that, oh, it was, you know, he couldn't have done it without this black man, you know, like they were, did this together, but yet yeah. it's completely whitewashed from the books and from yeah. every social studies class I sat in. Um, and, right. and he's responsible for, um, um, you know, for what, for what we know about you know exploring into the arctic there you, you know? and even not just the exploration but it, you know like what do you need to pack you know like learning and learning the geography learning you know the animals learning the you know the the uh, first people's nations that they would have encountered along the way like he he brings all that it's not just uh peary yeah um so here's a here's someone else who's actually alive today um his name is lonnie johnson Mm. and he's a scientist um and uh, works for or worked for nasa still kind of does and he is the one who invented um which i'm sure a lot of parents love the super soaker um interestingly enough and he and he invented it while working on on a safe propulsion propulsion system uh for for nasa and it was interesting because um i forget which toy manufacturer it was but they actually uh there was another toy manufacturer that 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 after he'd invented the super soaker and started manufacturing them did not pay him any royalties he i mean he patented trademarked the whole thing so anytime someone is paying for it they have to you know he, he's supposed to get royalties or whatever and they didn't want to uh give him that um and he had a suum um and won the lawsuit eventually um so it was again people taking black people's ideas and not giving them the credit for them so uh so yeah he's he's still around lonnie johnson dr lonnie johnson i should uh, say appropriately well one person i want to i think that um and and i not still alive today but is um th- this is the the gentleman um he was an enslaved african in the beginning of the 18th century he's responsible mm-hmm. for bringing vaccinations mm. to the u.s his, he was his um uh he was in according to history we don't know his real name or you know where he was from or or born but his the name he was given was onesimus yeah which um and he's actually he was in boston and so this would have been like early 1700s there's this smallpox breakout and what he did was he had brought with him from west africa um the practice it wasn't called vaccination then, but what what they had done, what he had done in in West Africa, uh, you know, and not just where he was from and his family and his tribe, but but all throughout West Africa was taking you would cut the skin a little bit and put a drop of the illness that someone had on somebody, you know, like I would get a little cut and take the illness from someone else and put it yeah. into that little cut, which is the beginnings of vaccinations. Yeah. He brought that to the U.S., and was instrumental in um, stemming the smallpox. And uh, uh, George Washington um, insisted that his troops be inoculated yep. against smallpox in this way. So, so side note for all of you uh, anti-vax freedom fighters out there who saying the founding fathers would not have wanted us to give up our freedoms and be vaccinated. Surprise! Shocker! Surprise! Uh, George Washington, the OG of founding fathers, had his troops inoculated in that way um, so that they wouldn't catch smallpox. You know, and that is that line, you know, while our founding fathers, blah, 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 is is a really good statement of that often I hear is just laden with lack of knowledge. Oh, 
Absolutely. Goes. And whitewashed. Goes without saying. I think one of the well, greatest arguments when someone starts throwing around the Constitution, I'm like, where is that in the Constitution exactly? Point me a line. Right. What does it actually say? Because I think many people think they know what's in the Constitution and it's not. But we digress. We no, I just when if I and I wanted to bring him up because because it is so alive right now. It is with, you still know, COVID so alive vaccines right now. Ab- and absolutely and and to be I, I got how many doctors went through medical school or nurses through nursing school and probably never even heard the person's name. Yeah, and two hundred and almost three. Well, yeah, two hundred years ago. Yep, over two hundred years ago, he's responsible for. I just brilliant and sad that what could we and then connecting that to who we talked about a couple of weeks ago henrietta lax yep right we've come and, full circle <laughs> yes so uh this the, the i like to look at the um which is why i like that high in the hog show is okay here's this thing onesimus and vaccinations but then the domino effect the domino effect you know yeah. the impact it has not just at his time but even today um that makes the point that black history is American history. Indeed. 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 Um, so a couple of names I wanted to um, maybe introduce to, to listeners. And um, I would hope that they know them all already. Um, but just in case you don't, I want to talk about some black women, um, some contemporary black women who are changing the face of this country that we call America. They are, they are racial justice activists and why I think it really highlights the this is also American history is because, as we've discussed before, and I think we really talked about this um, in the episode when we were talking about the book to some of us, uh, systemic racism adversely affects everyone. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. Um, it is <clears throat> it is a system that by default um, benefits um, white bodies more than it does uh, bodies of color. But everybody still suffers. Everybody yeah. still suffers. So in in creating a space, a world, a time that that is um, seeking equality for people of color and dismantling these systems, they're creating a, a world that is better for everyone um, for America. So let's start with the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, Opal Tometi, Alicia Garza, Garza, and Patrice Colors, uh, three colors, I can speak, uh, these three black women. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, because we've, we, we've had some conversations uh, amongst other unity ministers who are not clear sometimes about if we should talk about Black Lives Matter or not from the pulpit, what we want to say. It's it's one of those divisive issues. Uh, some people, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of that is because the way the Black Lives Matter movement has been demonized by, you know, the, the, the right, by the media. Um, Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013. And, and how it came about, and and the hashtag Black Lives Matter really came about. This was this was after the death of Trayvon Martin, who you remember was murdered uh, by George Zimmerman, who was then acquitted of the of the murder. And and on Facebook, uh, Alicia Garza wrote, uh, "Black people, I love you. I love us. Our lives matter." It was really a a, a black woman making a plea. Um, and 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 really a, a statement of comfort to other black people who were just hurting as a result of this of this verdict. Uh, you know, a young boy gunned down for no reason, and the murderer is set free. Um, so her friend not the uh, first and not to be the last. Exactly, exactly. Let's be clear about that. Uh, so her friend Patrice Colors wrote back to her, and in the post when she wrote back to her, then she included the hashtag for the first time uh, black lives matter and um even though it started on facebook it totally took off on twitter and and out of this this movement was started um and and i don't think we we we, we talk enough about these women and and mention their names um so so if you're listening please go look them up because they are still they're doing other great work besides um the black lives matter uh, movement um, so uh, Opal Tometi, Alicia Garza, 
Garza, my tongue is failing me today, and Patrice Colors. Um, another name I want to mention, which may or may not be familiar to folks, is Tarana Burke. And you may not recognize her name, but you recognize the movement that she started, the Me Too movement. Um, and by the way, the Me Too movement existed way before uh, Hollywood or, or movie, uh, female movie actors um, took it and ran with it, yeah. right? Um, and, and, and she, she was forever speaking ab- about um, the, the, the tragedy of, of sexual abuse and sexual discrimination. Um, but again, here we have um, the, the, the creator, the founder of something so monumental barely getting the briefest of coverage, especially at the beginning to the point where uh, Time Magazine um, called these uh, the the women who came forward the silence breakers um, in in the in the in the tops of their field um, called them uh, the most and called the Me Too social movement the most influential movement in 2017. But what's interesting is on the cover of the Time Magazine yeah. issue they didn't put her right and and she got like a passing mention in the whole cover story. I remember uh, that. You, you know, which was, I mean, I think, I think, uh, arguably, she's more well known now. But it was, it was, it was, it was a tragedy um, for that. But again, you know, technically, I guess not surprising. Um, but anyways, uh, so so Tarana Burke uh, still doing great work. Please, as always, look her up. Um, these these two names um, might be more unknown uh, to folks. Um, Charlene Carruthers, she's a Black queer feminist community organizing writer, and she formed the Black Youth Project 100. And this project um, um, empowers Black activists, young emerging Black activists across the country. And she's also the executive director of Chicago Center for Leadership and Transformation, which seeks to create a world free of capitalism, anti-black racism, white supremacy, and patriarchy. She's she's a uh, I don't want to say an up and coming. She's well established voice in the uh, anti-racism community, um, and you know we've had conversations around intersectionality. And last week we mentioned the uh, the the Kumbahi River Correct, uh, Collective um, that was really addressing how white feminism didn't do didn't serve um black women well at all um so 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 that was a black feminist movement that was started and and charlene carruthers is for lack of a better term uh, carrying on that legacy um as a black queer feminist so look her up as well um and the other person i want to mention uh rachel cargill She's an academic, a writer, a lecturer, and she speaks about and educates um, folks on racial injustice, systemic racism, feminism. She's the Great Unlearn. Yes, there's this program she has called the Great Unlearn, um, which I recently um, became a Patreon subscriber of to really help support that movement. So I encourage yeah. you all to go do that as well. Um, and it's an online learning platform to help people unlearn what basically sort of what we do help people unlearn that yeah. that 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 uh that not inherited what's the word not embedded um well unlearn culture <laughs> unlearn uh, white internalize culture. internalize yes. the internalized white supremacy cultural uh, norms yes um that 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 people of all color have have taken on right we got we yeah. got to unlearn them and yep. and part of part of that unlearning begins with the realization like we don't we didn't even know that we learned them in the first place we right. just right. we just live them and right. and think them and believe them um and some of them are very overt some of them are very subtle so 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 she's got this platform where she does that in racial cargo look her up uh support her um it's it's powerful conversations that she has um and and I wanted to bring I wanted to bring those names uh to the fore today um to to not just increase awareness but again here 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 are these individuals uh um who these women these black women who are creating history in their own right and creating a history 
um, creating a present that we're all going to benefit from um, as, as well. Because again, when we create a world of love and justice that works for all, it's, it's capital A all. It's not just black folk. <laughs> Um, yeah. um, as well. So, so those were the names I had to bring up, um, today and, um, yeah, we're, um, what else do you want to weigh in on before we move on? Anything? Well, you know, when we were, um, I think it, um, a couple, a couple things that kind of sort of connected is one, um, I want to come back to the Black Lives Matter, um, okay. because, we um uh so often i find myself in conversations or reading you know conversation often online and in some social media discussion group uh where um it's clear the lack of knowledge that someone has around the beginnings of black lives matter right and um and what it's really about and and what i you know and and i just i just think what what i really want to presence about it is that when you when when you, if you have this immediate response of you know well all lives matter you know well my life is important too like if there's that immediate response it's actually an invitation to to okay thank you for making my point you know like, um, cause it's, it's really the hashtag is black lives matter too, you know, T O O. Um, it's not trying to just, those are the only ones, but it's the idea that, you know, if there's a house that's on fire, the, you know, the, the fire engine comes to the neighborhood and goes to the house that's on fire, not the other ones that are standing there watching smoke and flames and this is, I mean, it might be a rough metaphor, but it's the idea that Black Lives Matter because it's on fire and it's been on fire. And yeah. for centuries, centuries, yes. um, we hear, you know, when we think about, when you talk about history and American history, how often does, do we, you know, me or someone else or say to my children, we ought, and in the classroom, you go to 1620 when the Mayflower arrived. Well, back up a year, you know, 1619, the first Mm -hmm. ship arrives with enslaved Africans, you know, and even before that, but the, you know, the white lion, that, that first ship and the beginnings of the, you know, trade, slave trade, um, I, I think can, you know, they're, they're connected. Like when there's, if you find yourself pushing back against the history you've always known or, or having a sense of, well, you know, or upset because it's getting changed or feeling guilty or shame because I, you know, well, I didn't know that. And I wish I had, and how is I've sat with a lot of white folks who are just, who get very upset that they were never taught, you know, what history really was, but then they get stuck in it. And, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, the great unlearn and all the women you mentioned is go find out more to get yourself unstuck, like get out of your shame, because now you're making it about you and move yourself into making it history, right? Keep, keep writing history. And I can't keep writing history if I don't know, you know, it doesn't come out of nowhere, um, you know, we take what we learn and we keep moving forward and write the next chapters. Um, so there was that that I was thinking about. And also, it remi- you know, as we were coming up to this to this episode and thinking about it, it reminded me of of the book that we did last year in our book club, um, 400 Souls, which is very, um, you know, all of these writers that were ha- to write just five years between 1619 and 2019, this 400 year period. Um, just writing, um, um, you know, just a five-year history kind of thing. And um, yeah. and it just, you know, it, it um, and the book has now come out, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's, she, you know, the, the entire, the New York Times 1619 project, like that whole, um, it's now a whole book 
um, and I absolutely encourage people to read it. And you mentioned Elisa Gar- Alicia Garza. She actually writes the last um, um, five years, the 2014 to 2019. She actually yep. writes that piece. But it's a book that um, that really gives further insight and sometimes very creative ways, not just reading like a, a linear or clinical history book, but in very creative ways with with poems, with personal story, with creative writing, this this history of 400 years yeah. that you didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah, e- exactly, exactly. Um, so if you haven't read 400 Souls yet, um, please check it out. Um, yeah. Um, and and it really is, it, it, it really is an... It, it really is a work of art in, in and of yes. itself um, as well. And, um, and yes, also the, uh, you mentioned the 1619 project, the book, um, check, check that out as well. And he says, um, so um, Ibram Kendi um, was one of the, the editors part of bringing the project together. And, um, and now I've forgotten the, uh, the, the uh, woman is terrible, uh, but you can look it up. Uh, the one that it was Ibram Kendi and, and um, the woman that brought the book together. But he said when they were looking at, you know, who do we ask to write these five year things, they realized that um, uh, many of them and what they needed to do was not necessarily find the academic historians, right. but um but people that could tell a story. Yeah, Keisha right. Keisha Blaine was Keisha the, Blaine. Thank you, Blaine. Uh, Thank co- you. Co-editored. Yeah. Pulled, pulled the book together. Um, so in our in our last uh, minute before we go, um, as always, uh, we endeavor um, or we invite you to endeavor to not make Black History Month be a February thing. Um, continue to do that introspection, that questioning around. Um, where you stand in, in 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 relation to to this issue on on racism um are you doing the work to investigate and uncover your own um um internalized white supremacy cultural norms and 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 please join us in that journey i do want to give a quick shout out to uh um, some folks who are, are watching and, and, and shouting us out on Facebook, Amy and Hope, uh, appreciate you watching, uh, appreciate all of you who are watching and who always listen to this. Again, visit projectsanctus.org, not just to learn about us, but some opportunities that you can do to do this work around racism. We will see you next week. This has been With Love and Justice for All.